So you could start off the podcast by saying we haven't podcasted in like a month and don't expect even a full length podcast. Because who knows after this podcast, is there even a deal with games? I thought there was a deal with games. I mean, but what if there isn't? I think I think what we've if <laughs> I think if there was anything that we had found at this point is there there isn't. You've transcended video there, games. There really isn't. Well, I don't. You're beyond. You're that, beyond video games. Is that what you call that? You're beyond video games. You don't play video games, or do you? I do What's all the, the time. Just not. I. I I've just. I've, I found. If anything, 13th, I'm James. I'm Ryan. If anything, I found that that games aren't on computers. They're not on consoles. They're on Nintendo Switch. They're they're oh. not on Nintendo Switch. You're wrong. The secret. The Nintendo secret is that every days. games is on a phone and that's it. every games is on a phone that's it that's my that's my my thesis now is that to deal with games every games is on a phone every games is on a phone that's fair every games is on a phone or a table and that's the and that's just basically it have you been playing any games i have been playing only games you've only been playing games that's exciting uh anything new for the listeners have you been playing teppin i played a little bit of teppin um it didn't spark it Talk to really me about Teppin. I don't even me. know what Teppin is. Can you can you can you tell me about this? Uh, I, so, so I should give it another shot. But Teppin is a Capcom uh, card. Uh, mobile is only where it's at, so that's what I know. And Teppin is a Capcom card game. And think of the in the classes. So think of it so like when you say a card game, like like a Hearthstone. Like I'm building a deck. Like not even remotely though, dog. Like okay. so. So the so the first thing is that it's a card game, but it's all active time. And oh. so so the main so it's like uh, that's the, wild. The main so why this is weird is that imagine you put down. So a, it's like Clash Royale. Go on. Is that what Clash Royale is? Clash Royale is like a a sort of um. Well, well, explain Teppin. We're on Teppin. Okay, so Teppin is there's three lanes, and you put down a card in a lane. And okay. based on and and the card will have like an attack damage plus an attacking time. So like let's say a weak card is like it can attack within two seconds and it does two damage. Or I don't even know. And then there's a stronger card that's like well attacks in um, four seconds but it does four damage. Whatever. So when you put the card down in the lane, it instantly starts trying to attack. So like it, it shows a vis- there's like a visual indicator of the attack making it over to the other card does that okay. make sense so so sure, yeah. so when and then when a card dies it's everything is active at the same time so like a card dies the space opens up and then you can put a new card in there but of course the enemy's card is already attacking mid-attack um and the way you would lose obviously is that like a slot opens up you know like you don't have the resources to pay for a new card to block a enemy kills your card and now it's starting to attack again, and you have no one to block that damage. So that damage, when it makes it all the way across the screen, instead of attacking the card that you would have put there to block the damage, it's going to attack you directly. Is it fun? Um, I, I didn't get far enough with it, and like it didn't it didn't spark joy, you know, like Marie Kondo. Like it, it What's like it, that? Marie Kondo is that like I don't know, she's like Netflix I'm or something. Me, she, know. you know who Marie Kondo is. So yeah, we it didn't know. spark it didn't spark joy. Um. But but there's there's more things coming out. And then also like the decks are like 
the characters you play as it's it's like hearthstone in that you play as a class but not like hearthstone that you're not locked into the cards of a class but the class has like a hero ability and so they if I'm just playing as ryu yeah if I you're playing it? as ryu then you have a shinko Duken, of course okay but um they just recently released jill so i kind of i i, I do like the idea of this like active style an active battle card game um is that there a monster hunter in it there is Okay, I'm in. They have um one of the main uh, heroes you can play as is um, Rathalos. Awesome. Yeah, that it's sounds like, cool. If I remember correctly, it's like Ryu, Chun Li, Rathalos, Wesker, Jill, Mega okay. Man. These are all names I know, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah, um, but but it didn't necessarily spark joy. I don't know. But I, I I'll, I'll give it another shot. It's not something that has like been ended, but it is something that I wasn't immediately loving and then also like it's too hand-holdy in the beginning and i hate that kind of stuff you know what i mean like it's hand-holding sure. constantly like it's like it, it's like you're playing against an ai and it stops the active battle to be like you should move this card into this slot like stop doing that let me let me get punished for things let me just try things and get punished for it why are you not letting me play the game yeah okay that makes sense um i feel like a lot of mobile, ga- mobile games do that though where the beginning of it is very hand-holdy and very simple. Not, I feel like a lot of mobile always, games don't get exciting for a, for a while. Not always. Uh, there there's some that, that that transcend that, but that that is uh, a frustrating issue. I do not love that. I, I don't love that. Okay. Um, I feel like any a game, other mobiles. I, okay, so I feel like a game that I would want. If I was gonna put any game in the forefront for being a traditionally good game like a fantastic game that is is getting better what have you assembled us here for today it would be chess rush okay that's a fair one so chess rush is a is a auto battler that's what they're calling it now right is that what they're saying i thought it was i I thought the terminology was um auto chess are they moving that away from that I, i think i think the reason why they're moving away from it is because there's a game called auto chess right is that the uh, oh uh, yeah? There is a game called Auto Chess, but I don't like the. Uh, okay, so Auto Chess ate everyone's breakfast, but Auto Chess the terminology is appropriate, I think, right? Like, if you, uh, or or maybe I'm just already past the point where I heard TFT is Auto Chess and Dota Underworld Underlords is Auto Chess, and uh, you know, ironically, Auto Chess is probably the worst one. I like I don't have a great interest in Auto Chess, but have you I. I have it. It's on mobile, right? Yeah, it is on mobile. I, I would, I would just say that having played Dota on Und- Underlords, having played uh, Team Fight Tactics, and having played Auto Chess, um, Chess Rush, and Auto Chess, uh, the clear winner for me is um, is Chess Rush for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and Chess Rush just went into its first season, got like a whole slew of cosmetics and upgrades and all these other things, and. Uh, it is a phenomenal game. Uh, my LTCP and I are are enamored with it, and uh, th- it does a lot of things that like I can't go back to another one of these because of what it's doing. Okay, um, one of so, the yeah. So tell me. So I come from Team Fight Tactics. So tell me a little bit about the differences between uh, like a Chess Rush and a Team Fight Tactics. Um, so I, th- I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to put Team Fight Tactics down in the same breath like i don't, I don't want to say that team fight tactics is a bad game i enjoy chess rush a little bit more um i don't like so, team fight tactics is a little bit 
um, unpolished, and I understand why that is. Uh, it also has some, like, wonkier mechanics. Uh, stuff like the... I don't necessarily... Like, I like the idea. I like the concept, but I don't like it in practice is the conveyor belt that comes up every once in a while and how, like, kind of wonky and goofy it is. Like, I've had times where it's, like, I'm trying to pick up this character, but, like, the... For whatever reason, like, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't re- recognize that I'm hitting this character and then someone else hits it before me. It's stuff like that where it's, like... It just looks sure, weird. But, but more on the differences. So there's the carousel... Uh, there's the carousel... Um, I, I, w- I would say that... Okay, so one... I'll just go with, like, a couple different improvements. One big thing visually that I absolutely love with Chess Rush is that Chess Rush uh, has characters that, that uh, instead of, like, with TF- TFT or Dota Undoors is the worst with this, absolutely. Um, but Chess Rush is the only one that I've seen that uh, does this thing where the characters start out very bland-looking, and then when they go to two stars, they get new armor and look way different. And then when they get to three stars, they look like this, like, unstoppable. It's like, like a mobile game force. advertisement. It's scary. Like, the way, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, but also, I should say beforehand, before I say anything else about Chess Rush, because it is on mobile, and I could imagine people being worried about this, uh, literally no pay-to-win aspects. There's nothing you can buy that will do anything in a game um the things how do they the, make their money how do they make their money they make their money from the um so so you know in in uh tft you have well i guess in a lot of the, the chess games you, you it, I, maybe only tft is the only one that does this other than chess rush but you have like a summoner you have like an avatar yeah you have like an avatar so yeah chess rush has an avatar it also has a stage you can control like you can switch the stage so i my stage is a um snowing stage my uh, LTCP so has a fall stage. Uh, the enemies, when the enemies click on, they they don't when they're playing their round. But if they click on you, if they're like watching another game, do does the other ones work like this? In 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 Chess Rush, you can always click on another person's name and see their active fight. And if yeah, you look so on there, are you so are you actively fighting people in Chess Rush, or are you fighting a copy of them? You're fighting a copy of them. it's it's a uh it's a round robin kind of thing because uh i i guess the main way reason why it wouldn't work is because then you could have situations where uh when people get knocked out and it's an odd number of fighters you can't actually have uh those people fighting those people and the game only records the the, what you see so yeah but the the team fight tactics does it how, how does it deal with um odd numbers there's a ghost so you fight a ghost of another team yeah I don't know. Like, I like the idea of like you are seeing the same thing as your enemy. I, I, it's one yeah. of the reasons why I like team fight tactics over underlords, for oh, example. I, 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 I'm gonna put underlords very low here. There's a lot of things I don't like about underlords, like a ton of things. Oh, but underlords actually changed that because underlords just had their. They just came out of early access, right? I played underlords nigh two days ago, and it did nothing for me. So I don't know what what has been changed since then. Um, like I said, uh, the, okay. So one big thing is like the treasurer's characters are made for like, this is Tencent, right? And Tencent has lots of money. So they made basically like, they're like a Disney esque kind of company where like they have the money and the people working for them to be able to control this kind of stuff and be like, what can we make to make like the coolest, cutest, awesomest, most recognizable characters in a auto chess format. So they have like 
characters made for auto chess from the ground up that like don't have to be shoehorned into auto chess concepts like they're just made for those reasons and then the fact that they like grow and get cooler uh is is really awesome like it it feels sa- it's super satisfying more than other games like with tft it's like when you get them to two star i feel like they have a um silver glow on their weapons and when they get to three star they have a gold glow and they get larger with each um combination but with uh with chess rush they or, or dota underlords which like the last time I had played that, it did nothing. Like, they just get bigger. They, they have no actual effect. Um, and you can see the stars. But with uh, Chess Rush, it, it they, they have, like, completely different aesthetic looks to them. And I, I, I really like that a lot. Um, uh, Chess Rush also has stuff like co-op mode, which I'm really obsessed with. Uh, and I feel like co-op mode or turbo mode. Do you know anything turbo about mode. these? I mean, turbo mode is probably the important one for okay. most people. Sort right. of, so, sort of. I mean, well, all of them are like ranked, and the, like Chess Rush, like Tencent is pushing Chess Rush, Chess Rush as a esport. Like they're they're trying to put like money into it and like seasonal benefits and stuff like that, and see how well you can do. But um, uh, the 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 current brackets in Chess Rush are the regular like solo mode, co op mode, and turbo mode. Turbo mode, to best explain it, is that you're getting way more money. So uh, you're so the concerns about like like the economy is less of a concern as it is like everyone constant like really rapidly rushing to level ten and rapidly rushing uh, three stars. Uh, Chess Rush does in fact because I, I think we had a conversation about this a while ago, but Chess Rush does have a limited amount of units. Um, but when you have turbo mode, it's like you get to the late game where the rare units are coming into play. And normally in like a solo mode the economy is going to hamper your ability to to get like you know epic three stars and stuff like that like the the chances of that okay. happening is very low but in turbo mode it's like this is a rapid finish mode this is a mode that's like for a uh approximate like 20 to 30 minute game uh turbo mode is trying to move that into like a five to ten minute range right okay yeah so so yeah that's a more mobile friendly so version is it of like that. earth it's 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 earth are, are you talking about earth as in yeah like the yeah it's, it's it's that it's like everything is dialed up to 10 so like everything's gonna happen rapidly in but is that mode. like is it still the chess rush you know and love or when you pick up chess rush are you going for the standard um gameplay? well my my ltcp likes that better than anything else i just because i guess because you get to see the you get to get into games and get out of games quicker and you get to get the uh, big combos quicker. One thing that like just because you're changing the economy doesn't make the game um, doesn't dumb the game down because one of the big things is like you have to recognize the fact that people will get to level 10, which means that they're going to have more characters to play around with, which means that they're going to have more bonuses to play around with. So Turbo is like a whole different meta because now you're talking about sure. like yeah, because you can yeah. make te- you can you can make teams that would be impossible. Teams. Yeah, you can. But that. Yeah, and that's cool, but but I feel like um, with the kind of way that I like to play things, like even in like League of Legends, there's something to be said for that ramp, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, Turbo something... has a ramp. Turbo has a ramp. It's not. Yeah, I'm not but, trying to yeah, make it yeah, sound yeah. like well, it's so like. Earth, but yeah. but I'm saying they're totally different things. Yes, I feel like for me that standard, like if I had the time for standard mode, that's where I would probably. And also, I imagine that competitively, standard is where the game is taken. Like seriously, right? Yeah, I yeah, I mean like that and and that's where like more it's that like uh 
Turbo is more that immediate gratification, and uh, the the regular solo is the thing that Tencent pushes of like this is the the balance. That's where the, the balance game. is made. Yeah, that's where the balance yeah, is made. Made but, for that. But one, I mean, like one thing that I really loved, and like I, I mean, I just I, I feel like I appreciate it more so because I have an LTCP that that got hard into auto chess. Uh, was that uh, the co-op mode is is a really neat, really interesting mode, and how it works out is very fascinating to me. Um, you share two of your units with your partner, and uh, so you get those bonuses. So it it becomes this really active conversation about like you need to give me like you just give me this one character so that I can get this bonus. Now take that character away and give me a different character. So this is what I've got. And what do I need? One. Does that make sense? Like, like, sure. because of the fact I, I mean, that you're I always, can't, I can't get behind that, but I imagine a lot of people can. It's just cool. Like I like the idea of like, being in the same room with this person and playing a chess rush game where you're not against them. Um, and you're able to talk to them about like, I'm missing one hunter and one undead. Do you have an... Okay, you have a hunter and an undead. Throw that on my side, and then I'm going to get that. And I'm going to get those bonuses, right? And that constant, like... So so I feel like with, with Chess Rush, all three modes are very well-balanced going into this first season, and there's a lot of money into it. Like, it, this was like a massive, massive update, and they added other characters to the game that changed the uh, ways that some of the, uh, like, racial and class bonuses worked. So it was a big update and uh, I, I, I'm really enjoying it a lot. That's a really good game that I have almost cool. like nothing negative to say about. So I, so I, I, I really highly recommend any, people. any non mobile games recently, a lot of Tekken. That's cool. So what brings you back to Tekken? Um, well, some of it is like Galloway was talking to me a lot about it. And uh, have, have you heard the uh, Arslan Arslan Ash? The what? Have you heard about Arslan Ash? No. So Arslan Ash won Evo. Okay. Okay. He was playing Kazumi. Sure. Um, and uh, Tekken 7, I mean, I think you have a lot of respect for Tekken 7. And Who doesn't? It, I mean, if yeah, you're in the fighting it, game community. If you're in the fighting you game to, community, you probably have you to like respect Tekken 7. Games, if you like fighting mean, games, you probably respect if, Tekken. If I were playing a fighting game and it weren't Mortal Kombat, it would be Tekken. Yeah. So... Uh, Tekken 7 is like uh one of the things I think is like really impressive about Tekken 7 is it has that organic um Ouroboros balance where where without even major changes to like they 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 don't even patch that game but the game is always moving and I think that's amazing like that's a testament to balance like uh, a test a constant testament to their balance that like they don't need to create a ma- big major patch to have constant flow of balance changes throughout the community and constant meta changes but anyway um people have been like really obsessed more so with tekken 7 recently where in tekken 7's second season it has like cemented itself as by most tekken player standards the greatest tekken of all time um so what is this season for tekken and how is this one uh different from the last one this is i mean like on the on the surface level it's the same like they release uh, you know, like a minor balance patch to start the season, and they release characters throughout. Uh, so uh, the characters that came out this season are like what Marduk, Anna, Julia, um, Negan came out this season, right? And Negan, Negan, is it Negan yeah. or Negan? Um, 
Uh, so they, they, they release a couple characters, but like the constant flow of balance has been really interesting. So the, so here's the, here's kind of the story and like, uh, what, what started getting more people even like putting their eyes back onto Tekken seven, if they weren't already on Tekken seven was that this guy, Arslan Ash is a Pakistani Tekken player and okay. Pakistani Tekken is the highest level Tekken there is right now in the world. And no one knew this. No one knew this. It was super isolated. The big problem is that in Pakistan, Tekken is huge. It's like a massive, massive game. and But it's super isolated because a lot of the people who play it can't really get outside of the country. And that's kind of like um, exemplified by the first time that anyone had seen Arslan Ash on the world stage was uh, Evo Japan. Before that, there was a major tournament in Europe where it was this this massive, like, European invitational and everything, and then there was, like, a pool to try and get your way up. And there was this nobody, no-named Pakistani player who came, and he wiped the entire floor with everybody. He went gets it to grand finals. There's no choice. There's no, there's no chance at all. And he just, like, wrecks everything. And people are so like... So how does an isolated area... that's a good that's a that's a fan that's a fantastic question but anyway this guy so like this is this reminds me of like everyone's been loving the anime-ness of this because this is like raditz showing up and being like if you think you can beat if you think it's hard to beat me then vegeta is coming too and he's gonna show you a whole new level and so this guy is like is like i he just beat every single person in tekken 7 europe and he's like you guys are if you guys are thinking that I'm good, wait till you see Arslan Ash. So there's this other guy, Arslan Ash, who contr- completely controls Pakistan Tekken. And he finally gets out of Pakistan by being sponsored in Pakistan. And they're like, we got to get you out of here. Then Evo Japan happens. And all these huge problems happen where Arslan Ash can't get a visa. He can't get out of the country. He doesn't have the money. Then his sponsors try and get him out. Then when he gets to the... Um, uh, he gets to the, the uh, airport and they turn him away. They are like for no reason because it's like it was like a corrupt kind of thing of like no you're 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 not going here because we just don't want you to. You're this poor little kid. Like we don't need to make you do anything. So they like stamp his visa as like denied and stuff like that. And he tries so hard. He has calls up like all these other people. They have to like do this like nasty political swing to be able to get him over to uh, Evo Japan. He flies over, but he can't go that way. So he tries to go to Korea. He tries to fly to Korea to then go to Japan. Finally, they like, he begs them and like gets taken into customs. And they're like, what's your deal? Why are you trying so hard to get into this? Are you like a terrorist or something, I guess? And he's like, no, this is my deal. I want to go for a video game. And he cries and begs them. And finally he ends up in Japan and he has no sleep for two days because he has like a big layover and he has no money because he was stuck in uh, one area of Japan where he like he had no money so he couldn't transfer anything over so he couldn't even get food from vending machines so he couldn't sleep he couldn't eat for like two days and then he goes to evil japan and he runs the entire thing where he just like on no sleep on no food he beats everyone every every korean and japanese person he beats them and wins evil japan so that's a good story why does it lead more people to want to play tekken Oh, then he just comes to, uh, he comes to, uh, well, I mean, first of all, like, 
the Tekken was so controlled by Koreans and Japanese, right? Mostly Koreans, right? Sure. And to have this like Pakistani coming in with Kazumi for no reason got to be like this big massive story. And then throughout Isn't Kazumi like the best. Kazumi is kind of the best, actually, but she's not respected enough or played enough for people to recognize that. But then Arslan Ash comes and is like, no, actually, she is the best. Um, I bet but he didn't even throw out one tiger. Not even. He one. threw out tons of tigers. Wow. I've seen the videos. But uh, yeah, so he runs the whole thing. He runs Evo and gets a lot of eyes on it. Evo is like the the, the characters that were kind of considered top five, like didn't even have representation in the top ten. And uh, why do you think that is? I, I think because, I mean, like, you know Tekken and I know Tekken. Uh, but it's hard to explain, like, the, the flow of Tekken is that, like, to be better than another character in Tekken, like, means so much because everything in Tekken is so counterable. Do you think like, that it has something to do with the fact that people have downloaded those top tier characters? Some of it is that, like, like, one of the big huge problems in Tekken is, like, if you are playing a constant, like, a, a very obvious character, like, that people have a lot of matchup experience with that's like the biggest thing like every character in tekken is broken as hell and the only way to make them fair is by playing against them so many times that you have like an actual uh like mechanical pavlovian response to what to do in the matchup like you you get to the point where where even if you don't understand that you know the frame data you get to the point where you understand that someone hits you with this one move and they don't have time to react or do anything to it and that you can punish and you start to see what punishes are working against that move and then you just start doing it without thinking. You start seeing setups that are common. You start seeing stuff like like Dragonov's, uh, like is a great example of like his while running too is like a broken ability because it puts you in a lockdown state where you can't, uh, you're you're on so so much frame disadvantage that Dragonov gets a free move, but because of that, the next thing is like, well, people go high or low, but the low is more punishable, so people get to the point where they start blocking that while running two, and then they do a low parry, and then they stand high to block the high, and basically they option select themselves. If anything that if that makes sense, where, to the point where like it it takes those options away if you're constantly doing them. And, uh, yeah, so, so one big thing that was happening with Tekken this year is that, like, the constant, like, a reliance and a stagnation of the meta leads to the meta changing in an, in and of itself, because if the meta stagnates and there's not that many characters in the pool, then people get too much matchup experience against the popular characters, and then because of that, the underdog characters get stronger and stronger with each passing, like, tournament, because... You just don't know how to deal with them. And you can't deal with them on the fly unless you have, like, strong matchup knowledge. So the, the people who are, like, character loyalist to good characters can't really move off them, right? So... Dang. Yeah, so, it, it like, it leads to just the, the a constant meta flow of, like, if one character is deemed too good and too many people are playing it, then too many people get matchup experience against it, making the character essentially bad, despite the fact that it might actually have, like broken or overpowered frame data or anything like that it's just that you get too much matchup experience and it's hard to tekken isn't like tekken is more about like freaking someone out or um 
like way calling someone's bluff or doing something insane. And it's hard to do that if people have seen everything that that character can do like constantly for months. But, but, but eventually, eventually every character will be like that. Like theoretically, there's a theoretical maximum of that, right? Yeah, sort of, I guess so. But there's 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 enough wiggle room. The game moves, changes, yeah, but I know, but like in a in as big of a game as this, it's like a fifty character or so game at this point. So like the meta shift it can't be large enough to encompass everything. And then when it comes back around, then you have weird stuff where it's like there's so many moves in Tekken, right? Like if you look at a move list in Tekken, it's this unbelievably long list, and most of those you should ignore until everyone else ignores them. And the second that everyone else forgets a move exists, it becomes powerful. That's right? how it used to be in uh, Soul Calibur as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing where like, if you if you give a character the shittiest low in the game and you make it so terrible that it makes no sense to ever use, and then everyone, no one uses it, and everyone forgets that even exists, then you can steal games with that, right? Because now no one's ever going to have that on their mind. They're never going to think about that con- that as even being a, a possibility. So it's the same kind of thing of like it there's just there's too much in Tekken right now to be solved, right? Sure. Yeah, so so I've been playing Tekken again. Also just like missing fighting games like Dragon Ball Fighters is in a weird spot. It got Janemba recently, which was probably one of my biggest Your biggest desires. Is one of my biggest desires for a character. I feel like Janemba was a character that they could have gone in any direction with it. Uh, um I, I think that like I I always say that I want to have a, a fighting game at any time, and uh, I like Tekken just because Tekken is the least frustrating. When you lose in Tekken, you know why you lost, and uh, you you usually understand right then and there like what the issue is that you're just not reacting to or you're not doing. Um, but uh, I am probably more excited than I should be off of that tiny Guilty Gear teaser. I know that's very exciting. You know. The one thing that would really, really get me excited about a fighting game, though, is crossplay. I want crossplay yeah. so bad. Do you think, I do you think that Arxis would do that? Uh, I don't think that they're smart enough to be the first ones. They should be. I don't. They're 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 positioned to be smart enough to be the first ones. But wouldn't that be a big deal to you? Like having yeah, crossplay, obviously. Like being able to yeah, find obviously. a match. But there's there's no re- fighting games are so removed from the concept of even needing to balance out crossplay, it doesn't make any sense to me why there would be. Did you know Call of Duty is getting crossplay this year? With console and PC? Yeah. That's a bad idea. Um, Fortnite's done it. Also, Apex players think that it's pretty balanced. Why? Um, because the auto-aim sort of evens it out enough. Okay, I guess it's good. I mean, like... I, I All don't I'm wanna... saying is it can yeah. work, and... Fortnite players are winning millions of dollars playing on controllers. Does that make you happy or disgusted? Does it make you want to vomit? No, I think that's great. It means that it means that crossplay can happen and more people can play together and it takes a shorter amount of time to find matches. I think that's a good thing. I know, but like they're winning with a like a deemed acceptable amount of auto aim rather than the PC players, the purists. Well, to be fair, the players who won the most money we're using mouse and keyboard. Okay, that's all I need to know. 
Also, that's, like, that's, all, you should, that's like, all you could have said from the beginning. In fighting games, it doesn't bother you, though, right? Like, no, it doesn't, because there's no difference. There's no difference. Accept. Yeah, because there's no auto. There's no uh, there's, dialogue. There's, there's no. There's no concept. There, there, there's, what if there, I use my C stick? There's there's nothing. There's nothing there in auto. That that's what that's what I think is like insane. That that. Well, also we've talked about this for, for or however many years now that um that fighting games always have to have a problem, and I think that is. We can roll that into all the problems that they forget. Is that like a true next gen fighting game should have crossplay because everyone in the fighting game community is so way beyond accepting controllers versus uh, yeah. stick. Like Mortal there, there's Kombat no doesn't have a problem. What? But okay, I said Mortal Kombat doesn't have a problem like the other ones do. It Mortal Kombat's crossplay? No, but I mean, in, in terms of like every fighting game that we've played before Mortal Kombat, had a glaring issue. Speaking what, of which... What was the big... Oh, yeah, I heard a big, big major patch. Speaking of which, in Tekken, is it now easy and fast to play against a friend? Oh, God. I'll take that as a no. All right. Okay, so the so it's... What was the original problem? Because, okay, so here's... The, it took it was, like 30 seconds. Yeah, between okay, rounds. but I, I think what it used to do is it would load all the way out onto the menu lobby and then go back in and then re-choose a character and then re-choose a stage and then go to a single fight. So what it does now is that, still not acceptable in my mind, is that when you rematch, it re it does the whole now yeah, a, a, a new player is is appearing or some whatever it says and then it reloads the like there's there's a pause it reloads the stage reloads the characters and then you fight again and you can rematch and it still goes back to reloading everything piece by piece i don't know why like it doesn't go into like that instant like we both hit rematch start us like back at point a and b and let's go but it doesn't do that right now it's better than it used to be it's better than like knocking the entire thing out to lobby and then doing a single match and then knocking it back out to lobby but it's it's still not great uh but, but i i heard major things for mortal Kombat, and mortal Kombat's probably the only other fighting game that i uh, have like a super interest in right now but what was the what okay. was the major thing because i i didn't get a chance and like galloway was talking about this with what mortal Kombat? there was like a huge patch oh i haven't played mortal Kombat. i don't know what to tell you Galloway was obsessed. talking about like a big thing you don't even know no, I've been obsessed with Switch games. It's oh, okay. It's like, aside from Apex Legends, I've only been on my Switch. Okay, well, he said there's a massive Season 2 patch. Oh, okay. Well, it probably comes with Nightwolf. Yeah, but that, I don't think that's the big thing. I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, go on. What do you mean? What's this What's this deal? Is that Wait, so, so that's your segue, is just go on? <laughs> some curiosity. I, How about I, some I, pizzazz? I mean, like, I, I'm a month out of the game. Uh, tell me what you've been switching so or, been or playing... le- ho- hold on, stop. Let's switch it up. Hell yeah. I have been playing two games back to back. And the first one is Dragon Quest Builders, which is a game. Two that I don't or think... one? Dragon Quest Builders 2. Okay, the well then you should have said that. A first. much, much, much better game than the first one. So Dragon Quest Builders 2 is sort of a hack and slash RPG uh, but with building elements where essentially you start off. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting idea, like concept for a, a story where the bad group of evil guys have won. They're the winners. 
So you start off in this world where building is a sin and everyone relishes in destruction. And even other humans like relish in destruction because they have no choice because they're under, you know, the will of these big bad guys, the children of Hargon. Uh, and your character is found out as a builder and you start out as a prisoner on like this monster ship, but then the ship crashes and you land on this island. And then you and two other people are like, oh, you're a builder. Why don't we just try to make this like a utopia for us? So then essentially the game is just you're trying to restore this island to its former glory. And you do that by visiting other islands and improving their worlds and then bringing back what you learn. Yeah, so am I understanding that like the very concept of putting one brick on top of the other brick is like How anathema? Dare you? Yeah, that's Absolutely so funny. Not. I love that. I I love stuff like that. That that's a um, that's a great start. Like I I love I love the idea of a the the very concept of a narrative be, or like the overall thrust of the game or theme being that like some bizarre thing like that where where the concept of building is is like this heretical kind of thing where that doesn't that doesn't make any sense it uh, doesn't but but but, but, I, but uh, I love it that like i, I i'll look past that like that um, much it is really charming too so that's a big win like the writing is very good uh the music is good if you like the dragon quest world and like dealing with like slimes and hammer hoods and and you know that that art style that you expect uh it's really cool so the first world that you go to is called furrow field and it's a farming world so you go there and even the idea of farming is considered like sinful the idea of like constructing something to like eat on except for like dirt or like raw vegetables wait people eat dirt and raw vegetables hell yeah okay. or like weeds but but you go there and you're like there is a better way <laughs> and they're like no the children of hargon will smite you but then you you're start a, you're a bad things. boy. You're like I can pl- I, like instead of instead of just eating these carrot seeds, let's plant these carrots. But then someone like you feed them a cabbage, and they're like, "Okay, I understand." And then after a while, they're like, "You know, I've been eating nothing but cabbages for a week." You know what? Can you please build a toilet? Christ Almighty! I've been eating nothing but cabbages for a week. Can we go back to the the before that where we just ate dirt? So it's cool because you essentially learn these new things and then you bring the practices back to your island. And the story is like really charming. You start out, so the first island is furrow field and it's all about farming and you're trying to regrow uh, this massive tree called the Dia tree, which essentially contains like the essences of growth because all of furrow field, all of the soil is corrupted. And the only way that it can be planted on is if you purify the soil. And there's, there's like this giant worm creature that can purify the soil. And he's the only one who can do it. But if you reconstruct the Dia tree, which is this massive tree, uh, then you can bring back good soil across the whole world. And the whole thing can be used for farming. And then you can bring those crops and those seeds back to your starting island and you can start to farm there. And then you go to the next island, which is based on, it's called Crumbledon which is the best and it's based on like mining. So then you start smelting ores and working with metals. And then uh, essentially it's just like you're increasing in your levels of complexity as you move through the game. Uh, and I'm really far in it. I think I'm like fifth, I think I'm on the last Island 
um, the last major story island, and then uh, then it's a wrap. But I've been really enjoying it. I bought the season pass, and one thing that's kind of I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing about the season pass, but all of the content for the season pass released within one month of the game coming out. So make of that what you will. But the cool thing is just that yeah, uh, all this DLC came out and I got to play it all and it was good. Okay. So the other game I'm playing is also a 100 hour JRPG and it's a uh, fire emblem three houses. I heard a lot of stuff about that. I didn't think I was going to play it because I've always fallen off of Fire Emblem. Man, yeah, you don't need to say anything more. But this is the one I stick with. I, I You know what? I, I, I heard the best sales point of uh, this person I worked with recently that I don't love. They're not that great. And they were like, I'm really bummed about the new Fire Emblem. Uh, the All the other Fire Emblems are like strategic masterpieces and now... This one is more based on like characters and stuff like that, and I was like, "Oh wow, that sounds way better. <laughs> that sounds way better." And also, your opinion is probably like, "I would just take the opposite of it because strategic masterpiece is like so far from." Also, the strategy is the same. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if like the the idea of like anyone being like, "Oh man, I'm so bummed." The new Fire Emblems are not based around a rock paper system scissors system with crits completely killing characters. For good, like he was like even against the concept of like the permadeath thing of like no you should have to the purest way is you know you turn off the game and you reload it and then you play it again and it's like that's what you want to do with your time you have time for that so, you have time to, to turn your game off and then when you play it so the thing that was making me hesitant about starting this game is and this is good this might sound stupid but you also might just totally agree so when you start the game you have to make two choices on difficulty you could choose between normal and hard, and then you could choose between casual and classic. Ca- normal casual. and hard. Normal and hard is as you expect. Casual and classic. So casual is hard and casual. Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm playing. I am playing hard and casual. Exactly. And it is perfect. Yeah. It is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, and they also have this feature in the game where you can uh, rewind. So for you three are- turns. Yeah, so you can rewind for three times in a match. Okay. You can rewind because you're you're working with like this chronomantic deity who can turn back time for you. Are you getting those horns in the background? No, I'm not getting any horns. Continue. Excellent. Yeah, so you're So the the big crux of this game is that at the start of the game you're choosing between these three houses. One of them is like the sort a sort of like uh, mage house where uh, I don't know they have they're just like sort of like a, a straight into the point like this is these are fire emblem characters uh, you know some of them are goofy some of them are normal then you have the golden deer company and that's who I chose and they're just like the goof troop like they've got the big guy who only wants to eat they have uh, the girl who's really good at fighting but just uh, flirts with the guys so that she doesn't have to fight Okay, well, good um, start, good start. They have uh, Cade Six as the as the house leader, where is he's it, just like a, a suave, handsome man. I love that. A Leo, uh, you know what? If anything's going to be better, it's Leo, the number one handsome man. Yeah, he's essentially a handsome man. And then the third house is like a, a very knightly, like highfalutin sort of fancy house. That sounds boring for idiots. It's, it's more like a Game of Thrones. Okay, so it's for idiots? Characters. Yeah. 
Okay. So this is the best Harry Potter game there is. The right? What? The, okay. The best Harry Potter game there is. Tell me a. Think of a better Harry Potter game than Fire Emblem Three Houses. I don't know. I'll 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 get I'll I'll ask my LTCP what what the best fire what the best Harry Potter game there is. But it absolutely is this. Like you are enrolled as a teacher and you just like like develop, you know, like friendships and relationships with the uh Maybe I don't understand what this game is anymore. I feel like you're not exp- I feel like you went yeah, away so, from So you choose your house and then essentially uh you're given a roster of characters that are specific to that house. Um, and then throughout the game, you can also mix in some of the other house characters as well. Like if there's a character who you like really jive with, or you feel like there's a class that's missing from your roster, then you can add them in. And then essentially the game, uh, takes place in sort of two distinct, like there are two distinct parts of the loop. Um, the first one is the monastery, which is where you do your day to day. This is like, think about this like persona. Right, because this game is exactly like Persona, like it is a hundred percent. Why are you trying Persona. to sell me so hard in this goddamn Fire Emblem? It, game? Is, it is Persona, so <laughs> you it gotta is, stop. You have the part where you're in school, and unlike Persona, you're not learning, but you're teaching. So you are figuring out like, what do I want to teach my different units? Uh, do I want to do I want to change my specialties for units so they focus on different things? Do I want to? You know, what classes do I want to build them towards? What relationships do I want students to develop with each other so that they can synergize? And Is this game about hand-holding? Like, no. No? Absolutely not. No, no, I don't it, mean hand-holding in a, a video lot. game design. I mean in an anime. Do you remember how in The Last Fire Emblem... I feel like you didn't understand the sentence I just said. Let me finish. Do you remember how in The Last Fire Emblem you could pet people's faces? That's important. You can't do that in this one. You can't pet their faces. Major step back. But what you can do is you can cook with them. You can sing and choir with them. Uh, you can, they will go to you for advice and you can answer it. You can fish, which is excellent. Gotta can, love some fishing in video right. games. Only you um, like that. That's, a, that's specifically only for you. Yeah, so you like run around the monastery. You like train up your dudes. You learn skills. You like... Uh, tap your amiibo to the to the switch and unlock gear. Do you ever think That's that these fun. companies are like having a board game meeting and they're like, "This game is great, but what are we going to do to attract attract James Mason? <laughs> we got we we'll, got to add a we got to add a uh, a throw in fishing mini game. Do it. I'm in for that. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the first half of the game of just like you're building your relationships, you're working, you're getting your characters to like one another, figuring out how you want to fit the pieces in. And then the second part is Fire Emblem, right? Where it's a tactical strategy game. Uh, the thing that's different about this Fire Emblem game is there used to be uh, what's called a weapon triangle, which was swords beat axes, beat spears, yeah, beat no one swords. Cares. And now that's not there care, anymore. Actually. Where essentially it's just like um, arrows are good against flying units and spears are good against heavy armor. And that's it. Like there's very few rules and it's more just about like what classes do, did I put where? What abilities do they have? And there's a new feature called battalions, which are pretty cool. Uh, and they're essentially like an army that you can send along with your units that give them access to new abilities and perks. So if you have a healer, you can give them an ability that has like a long range boost, which increases everyone's attack around them or something like that. Yeah. Or 
you have a ranger and you can give them a battalion that knocks units back when you attack them. So you do an arrow attack and they get knocked back. Okay. Um, and other than that, and that it's like it's it's fire emblem, but it's like I, I think that because of the like playing on casual, I'm just enjoying the game so much more. And I feel like the game is well balanced for playing at the hard difficulty. Um, down the line, they're going to be releasing a harder difficulty, and and also like I don't feel like I'm missing out by playing on the uh, casual. And I feel like I hate that. If, I, I, I I I I'm so done with that classic yeah. you know, the, the permadeath thing. Like if it, the, it it's the problem of like they should have realized because if anyone imagine someone who legitimately and there's someone out here who who would even be possibly listening to this or believe that you should put it on classic mode where characters die permadeath. And what they do is they turn the system off and then they replay that. What is the purpose? Do do you understand? Like that is so unaware of like what you're doing of like a good concept. Good in theory is, is like you're attached to the characters and at any point they could just get crit or killed in Fire Emblem, right? And then you can't play with them ever again. They're gone. They're out of the story. And that's a good theory. But if it just leads to people gaming the system by turning it off and then replaying so that they can make it sure that every single time they play every map, they, they go through with all their characters, then there's no purpose to it. Like, all you're doing there's is, also, like... Yeah, and there's also the rollbacks now. So you also have that ability to rewind three times. Yeah, so in I case you like... do with some, like, garbage system style, if I... like... If I do play the game again, if I do play it again, I might consider playing on classic, but only because of the fact that this system exists. Yeah. But then, but then what would happen? Cause like, let's say you dice roll three times or you, you turn back time three times and then you have someone die and you're like, no, no. So what's the purpose? What was the, what was ever the purpose of that? No one's ever done that. No one's ever played fire and let them die. And then at the end of the game, you have like only your unit, and he's like level ninety nine because everybody else has died. Yeah, um, I I feel like it's interesting thinking about like this is the most interesting Fire Emblem game I've heard as of yet, and it's the one that's getting the furthest away from mechanics. I feel like everything Fire Emblem has traditionally done is awful, and people never realize that, and now they're starting to realize it, and the de- the developers at least realize it, and they're trying to make Fire Emblem not awful. And there's still a contingent of the fan base that is like, no, give me something awful. I only like this awful part of the game. And it's in there for them. But It's in there uh, for them. If they, the people who are who are terrible, who have bad opinions on things, it's right there for them. If they need to, if they need that, then it's there. It's good. I like that. I like the idea of make of trying to make the game good for the first time in the last two decades, and then they they add another mode for the people who are too dumb to realize that the game always sucked. So. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you can done. order a steak well done. Yeah, you can, and you'd be an idiot, and everyone would look would frown at you, and then you you might not realize why you're stupid for doing that. But then, down now down the line, it's like as if they they option selected it, and they're like, we gave you a a good steak and a steak well done, and then here you go. That way, no one's upset. Um, yeah. I highly recommend this game. I you... I. I I frustratingly kind of want to try it out. You know what I just bought because I saw it on half off on Steam? You're never going to guess it. Shonen uh, Jump. Jump Force. Jump Force. That's sad. Why? Right. It seems cool. Like I, I feel like it's not It's not something that I would take seriously, but it's like... I, Have you played it? No, I just. I said I just bought it. 
But by just bought it, I meant that in the interim of you going onto Discord, I bought it. There are other things you could have bought. Yeah, I know, but it's it, it was half price, and I was interested in it for a long time. I kind of want to see like Light Yagami fight. I don't know, One Piece guy. <laughs> What's his name? Monkey D. Luffy. Um, have I ever told you about my downstairs neighbor? No. So I have a downstairs neighbor, and you've seen the way that my um, apartment, like the building, is set up, so it's that a, when you're it's going, a, it's a train or a railroad. So no, but what I'm saying is, at the when you're going into the apartment building. Uh, you can see very clearly into the windows of the first floor units. Sort of. So every time that I have gone up, the, like th there are regular occasions where I'll look through the window of the first floor unit and they're playing the exact same video games as me or they're watching the exact same shows. And usually they'll be on the same parts of the game. So recently, like they were playing Dragon Quest Builders. They were playing Fire Emblem. They were watching My Hero Academia. And do you ever knock on the door to be like, I do all the things you do? Should we be friends? So, we live in the same house. So so here's the thing. That's hard. Is, That's tough, right? I, I didn't know how to do it because uh, I don't want to say, hey, I look through your window and now I'm knocking on your door. Um, however, recently- If you got drunk I, enough, you could. My landlord approached us, approached my wife and I about- um, Not yet. A, le a lease buyout. Watch your language. A lease buyout. So essentially he wants us to terminate our lease and he will pay us. Um, so this gave me a good excuse to go and talk to the people on the first floor and be like, were you approached about a lease buyout? By the way, we are the same. <laughs> yeah, sure. So that's what I did. Hey, yeah, how'd that work out? Uh, good. And they but were I like, I only play Jump All-Stars. I don't know a way to continue. I think he was at one point playing Jump Force. Probably so, right. There you go. But I don't know. Well, why do you? Why do you have such a? You had such a negative. Uh, I feel like you would probably be more excited. I, I bought it for thirty dollars, and it seems yeah. kind of neat. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to play it for ten thousand hours. I'm I, not going to play I it for like, like five it hours because I don't like it because I wish it were good. I know, but it. You know what I want to. You know what? All it needs to do is I just need to play it for long enough to watch everyone do like whatever their ultimate thing is and be like, wow, Light Yagami wrote in the death note that naruto's name and then naruto died and the whole franchise died and are you did you buy seto kaiba for four dollars is seto kaiba cost money because seto kaiba would have been the one because i would rather have seto kaiba over yugi so yeah you could also buy a biscuit kruger F wrong <laughs> i can't I, I will not buy him i have no idea what that's from it's Her. probably one piece biscuit kruger is from uh hunter hunter oh okay maybe okay never mind a grossly underrepresented gem of a of a show no real anime real anime fans like hunter x hunter and uh yeah my downstairs neighbor had a one piece tattoo which is why i bring this up oh man that sucks because you, you had mentioned they, they were so close to being tolerable people what's wrong with one piece oh man have you seen it uh yeah Oh, so, then, a lot so why'd you ask me that question? Because it's fine. It's not great. It's not good. I, I feel like I'm also like, I, I can't get, it's hard for me to like even understand the mentality of people who, who watch those kind of things. As long as they, if they had gotten in early, but the people who are like, I want to start watching Naruto 
are I want to start watching One Piece. That's bonkers to me. That's but insane. Way, but I wouldn't watch every episode. Is what, I would find the, the, the idea of like I want to start watching One Piece is like just have a dog just get a new dog or a child or something. Like you like if you can be at a point in your life to say that you can watch One Piece, then then you don't have then you have too much free time. And that that you should be you sh- you have a problem. I watch all my anime on commutes. All right. Well, you still have but too much time. But also I would the, like the idea so if do, you were to say that I would watch every episode, I would watch a condensed version of the of the the first few seasons that would bring me up to what people consider contemporary. No. That's a horrible yeah. way to watch anything. No, wait, why? Cuz imagine that, that's some, imagine that's watching imagine watching Game of Thrones and People are like, in the beginning, Eddard Stark gets his head chopped off. Sorry. Anime isn't like that. Anime is exactly like what anime. anime is like. Game of Thrones is is live action anime. There are a ton of episodes of Dragon Ball Z that that would that you can throw away, and the show will make sense. There are also okay, but you're only condense. talking about Dragon Ball Z when you say that. No, because they're shonen. Like it's a shonen. Like they're all the same. Yeah, but but some of it is like. Is also, I don't know, if, yeah, I'm not going to say that it's good that you have to sit around and watch 20 episodes to, for Goku to drop the spirit bomb, but if you didn't watch 20 episodes and they said, and Goku was charging the spirit bomb, and then he threw the spirit bomb and it didn't kill Frieza, then you'd be like, okay, I don't give a shit. Whereas in someone else's life, they'd be like, I watched 20 episodes of Goku trying to throw the spirit bomb. This thing was going to be so unbelievably strong. And then Frieza just shrugged it off. And then you really understand, like... Freezes tough so, as nails. So why is it okay for Dragon Ball, but it's not okay for like... No, uh, Dragon Ball show. sucks ass. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling anyone to watch Dragon Ball. But also there are so many animes that you could just get the condensed version. Like there are people who do this. There are people whose life's missions make it so that it's easier for normal people to watch anime. I just feel like there's a problem there. But I also feel like... I also like with, with Shonen, like if you're... If you... Okay... You, if you're saying that it's okay to just get told that in 20, so Goku charges a spirit bomb and then in 20 episodes he launches a spirit bomb and almost nothing has happened and then Frieza doesn't die, making it so that the entire spirit bomb segment was null and void. Then That's not how it works though. Like, have you ever watched a condensed anime? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. There are people who just condense it down to the parts that you have to see. So you would see, but but then why? Did, but bomb. if you know that it's so condensed, then wouldn't you not want to watch it? Like, do you have what time you to watch something? If you get caught up, do you have time to watch something that it's like, oh, we, we're they're allowed to play with you for months on end about something stupid? What do you mean? I mean that like if you're recognizing that a lot of parts don't even need to be understood or watched, then once you get caught up, you still have to deal with that. So the the anime will still disrespect your time. Okay, but there are people who play Final Fantasy fourteen, right? And the new Final Fantasy fourteen hold content, your tongue. And the new Final hold Fantasy fourteen tongue. content is some of the best MMO content that's available. But yes. everyone agrees that the base game is a slog. It is. I know. I've gotten through it. It's awesome. And that, and I've been, and that's, I've been constantly thinking about playing that because I heard like all the big MMO reviewers, or, like the YouTubers, are like, yeah. "You gotta get onto Shadowbringers." 
And Square Enix is condensing that base game. Yeah. That's the di- so so that is not different. That is it is totally different. <laughs> You're so wrong different. if you think that's a parallel. You're so wrong. <laughs> You're so wrong. Yeah. It's the same. Okay, I I have experienced both of those sides and I will say that it's different because the beginning of 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 Final Fantasy 14, that first like um the the Final Fantasy 14 Realm Reborn is bad you don't need to know it that's the problem the it's it's more so that the developers realize like the story isn't that interesting until you get to heaven sword and then after that it's awesome and it's always respecting your time like heaven sword and um what was the other one heaven sword and what happened after heaven sword before shadowbringers it was uh light something i don't know no dawn dawn Dawn? I'm just throwing out some, words. That... So, something, something like that. So, I mean, that wasn't as good as, like, I've heard that, like, because Heaven Sword is amazing, and then the one between Heaven Sword and Shadowbringers isn't as amazing. But Heaven Sword, like, I feel like I talked on this very podcast. Storm I told Boy. you about how, like, Heaven Sword is the first MMO that is, like, you could play it as a single-player experience, and the, the, the narratives in it are so incredible. Like, not even just the, the overarching narrative, but the individual narratives for the classes like I played uh, primarily like Dark Knight, and there was this massive like forty-hour thing of like you would never want to condense it down. You'd want to see it piece by piece for like how interesting it is and how it deals with stuff. Like the beginning of it is just bad. Like I, I just don't think that that a Realm Reborn is that is that good. That's why I understand them saying, um, you know, you can play like a you can pay for like a potion that that levels you past a Realm Reborn, or for them to like condense that story because it's just not good whereas like i wouldn't want someone to get a condensed version of heaven sword because heaven sword is that good you should watch yeah, but, it but that's piece the thing by piece. is someone someone is curating this for you so they so you can trust people because you know they're experts they're anime experts ryan i Let get curated I, I can't believe you brought Shadowbringers, because that has been on my mind so much. It's been frustrating. I think it's a sign. Maybe I you like... can refund Jump Force and go invest uh, time that you do not have and into that's, Final that's the That's the big problem, is like, if I had any more time, if, if, if they could put Final Fantasy XIV on my phone for some goddamn reason, uh, I, I would do it. Final Fantasy XIV is truly an achievement in, in MMORPGs, and I think some of that is just that, like, it doesn't lean on MMO concepts and it actually cares about narrative in a way that like a lot of other, every other MMO doesn't care about. Like even, even wow, like wow has all these interesting stories, but wow is one thing that I would say like, wow is so dumb. It's the WWE of video game stories where I totally respect anyone who'd be like, I'm listening to an abridged version of the WoW storyline because you don't need to know it. And then with Final Fantasy XIV, it, it's so they put so much time into stuff like Heaven Sword, and there's so many com- like complicated stuff going. There's so many characters and like complicated story arcs and stuff going on that the idea of like you wouldn't even get it. Like you like I feel like a lot of people like if you tried to abridge Heaven Sword, then you would lose so much in the translation because they're is just too much there and you'd be absorbing it too quickly to, to respect yeah. like the significance of it. 
So here's the thing, though, is One Piece has been on the air forever, right? It's been on so, the air since I was before I was yeah, born, so, right? So there's a lot of all I'm saying is there's a lot of it that's antiquated, right? Like like too old school. Okay, so you're saying the beginning is trash garbage, arcs. just like uh, a Realm Reborn. Yeah, and there are also arcs of it that don't that are not interesting, and there are people who will tell you like this arc you can skip. Here's the most important things that happened in it. Watch the watch these scenes, and that'll give you the gist. But otherwise, uh, you can throw it away. And a lot of anime is that way, right? Where there are good arcs and bad arcs. So I'm just saying, I could see myself watching One Piece. Not all of it, but in a, there's like 800 episodes. You have right? to think that, like, even in a bridge version, it, it terrifies me. The very concept of like, I value my free time so much, and if 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 this anime ha- already has a history of disres- that when when I see, see stuff like that, like I watch Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super actually is pretty good, and it's not good, and I would never tell anyone to watch it, and. At the same breath, I guess it doesn't spend like huge amounts of time disrespecting the viewers' time. Um, but when I look back at the other things, like I get worried about stuff like One Piece because it has a history like of super disrespecting the viewers' times, their free time. Like, like you, you can just they can just do stuff where it's like, yeah, for like fifteen episodes, we tried to do this one dumb thing and it kind of didn't work out, and uh, you know, it never mattered in the long run. And they can do stuff like that where, where like, it worries me about the future. Whereas with, like, why, why I say that the parallel isn't there is that A Realm Reborn was them scrambling to make something out of the original failed version of Final Fantasy XIV. They made a good game that was way overdrawn with just, like, way too many words. That's basically it. Sure. Just too many plot, too much plot, too much anything to not really get anywhere. Then they go into, they finish that garbage plot, and then they go into a completely different thing, Heaven Sword, which is more about, like, churches and um, right. and stuff like that. Like, Brian, I gotta say, we're, uh, we're, we're getting uh, long in the tooth here. Okay. So um, let me tell you about Apex Legends' newest event, the Iron Crown. Uh... They've rebalanced some of the guns, some of the characters. They've added a new area onto the map. They've added a ton of new cosmetics, uh, and they released a solo mode. So very exciting. A lot of people are extremely upset about the cosmetics in this. Why they look so good? They are beautiful, and the only way to get them is out of loot boxes that cost $7 each. But guarantee you one of the new items, of which there are 24. So ultimately, it would cost you $160 to get everything, and there's no way to buy outright the thing that you want. Okay. You, I do not care. You, okay. You cannot get it without paying. Loot boxes. You have to... They are paid for loot boxes only and not regular loot boxes. You, you can't yes. just get 124 regular loot boxes to get these cosmetics no that's bad you can buy a seven dollar limited time loot box and it guarantees you one of these items that's bad it is bad it's bad that's a bad idea um so people are pissed off yeah they Uh, should be you can get two loot boxes for free by doing the challenges wrong $14 $14 worth this, of value. This this should have never happened. That is, that is a huge mistake. That should never have happened. 
you were doing fine before that. Just release the loot box. Release it into the wild, and people will still pay for loot boxes. You don't need to do make it a limited thing and make it so that people only have to buy it. That's very frustrating to me. Cause, yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, that's that's um, that's incredibly frustrating to me. That's a that's a bad. That is a very bad sign. But the actual gameplay is really good. Uh, the solos mode is a lot of fun, and uh, they rebalanced some, some characters like Blood, like Bloodhound, which is nice. They made him a little stronger, and I bet they'll fix this. I honestly think that they will hot fix adjust the loot boxes somehow, or they'll just give people. They'll just be like, "Sorry, here's five. Here's five free ones." You know, it's sad. I mean, like, it's a, especially playing a lot of gotcha games, which this is kind of related to. Um, I've realized that um, to have a tepid response to a bad developer movement is meaningless because if they don't, if you don't basically as a community burn the entire house down with anger, then a lot of times just nothing gets changed. I would urge you to look at the at the Apex Legends subreddit because it should be burning down. Like if it's every on, single, if it's on goddamn fire. Post. Yeah, if it's on goddamn fire of like fuck this game, boycott it and let it die right now because of this tiny little thing. That's how you have to play the game. That's how that's how consumers yes. have to be in the year of, of our Lord 2019. If you if they don't become attack dogs and they don't say all or nothing, the second you step over the line, we're not going to because the alternative is like it's not a big deal. It's just cosmetics. Just let it go. And then it gets worse over time, right? So if the second they make a dumb choice and the community just, like, doesn't even go... They go 0 to 100 real quick and burn the house down and say all this positive energy for Respawn is out the window. Fuck you. I hate you. Then maybe something will get changed. And then, res- and then like, Respawn and publishers can look at that of, like, Wow, the last time we tried to do a only pay to get cosmetics, it it pissed people off to the point of like boycotting and just like ignit- burning the house down. That's the only way to do yes. it. But I am going to play. Yeah, but don't buy anything. That's I will the big not buy thing. Anything. That's it's the big too thing. Much. Is like, like is like I'm... you go on Reddit, say fuck you, and then play it, and then don't buy. Like I have a lot of money. Like my landlord is is looking to give me a ton of money to to move. Like I'm rolling in it, but I am not gonna buy a seven dollar loot box. But I'm just annoyed in general. Like it's the principle, and I understand. And you know what? Like I, I before all that before like where I would be in my life right now, I would have said like, dude, it's not the principle. The game is good. It's just like some dumbass cosmetics. Just get over good. it. It's not a big deal. The game is good. I'm not saying it's not. I think Apex Legends is fantastic. It is the best of those games. It's the best of those battle royale games. But you, ha- but the community is like you have to respect the community that that is like we won't stand for this. We'll burn the whole house down. Like yeah, I'm glad that other care. people are saying it because, and I'm also glad that other people are like I'm done with this game. I hope they are. I hope that respawn does something about this. I am still going to play the game because I love it. And yeah, I, I understand that. But you, you but exactly like you said, you need those people. You need Octane, the people who are all or nothing. There is an, a new area and it is an octane themed area with ramps and a ring of fire that you can jump through. Excuse, excuse me? 
there is a there is where a half pipe it is north of thunderdome south of airbase i know where that is and they are going to and they said that if people like these concepts that they are going to create different areas of the map uh dedicated to different characters and that sounds cool no so it sounds like bad i don't like it at all and here's why if i i really like the map as it stands and i like overall large changes season to season and i think that it is a cool concept to do this little octane theme park don't make a bunch of different sections of the map focused on one character that's stupid that's too cluttered i, I like the idea of being like this right now we have an octane theme park right here and it's gonna leave and we will not it will not be in the game again I think that's better, right? Like, and then eventually add a different thing. Like, that's fine. I, I, I don't like the idea of, like, over-cluttering the map. It's fine. They're going to make a different map. Like, there will be two maps at one point. I don't like and that. there will be space for it. Oh. I like the idea of having one map. But I'm also, the house there's, there's still a bunch of areas on the map that are not doing anything. I don't that care. They could, that they, they could revitalize. Yeah, yeah. Do, like, updrop rates, change it a little bit. Don't make it all have to it doesn't all have to be a theme park i love it i just love the idea of having different like areas to, like different tactical considerations for where you are like this part of the map because of the way that it's shaped like because it has like built-in jump pads like it operates differently like fighting operates differently in this part of the map and that's something i like same thing with like thunderdome right i can, I can appreciate like, stuff like area. Yeah, I could appreciate overall stuff like that of like or cage. But looking at yeah, looking at things like as, as a overall big big thematic change in a in a, in a big. I feel like the I've always been on the side of uh, rapid iteration for Apex Legends and like I want more characters, more guns, or whatever stuff like that. But with the map, I kind of want the map to um, be slow. Like, I want that, that movement to be slow. Like, I want uh, changes to the map to be a big deal because I, I don't really like the idea of making the map too cluttered or doing stuff like that. I mean, it, it would be kind of cool to do stuff like... Like, I, I, like the, I like what you're saying. I like the idea of being like, here's this Octane theme park and it's all these jump pads and it's going to change the way that fighting works, I guess, in that area. I'd kind of like to see stuff like... I don't know. I, I feel like they've done a lot. I feel, I feel like they made big strides in this season. Like the um the incomplete tower, the cage. Yeah, like that has its own. That has a lot of unique kind sight of lines. shootout. Yeah, and sight lines, like right? Like and good verticality. And, yeah, uh, like that has a lot of unique aspects to that area, and I like that. Um, I don't think you need to do like a lot of other stuff than that. I don't want to. I don't want it to be too crazy. I recommend you check it out, though. Uh, it is very... It's different playing Apex Legends without a team. It's a lot spookier. That's interesting. I mean. Maybe I'll give it a shot. You know what? Uh, continue. I want to hear more yeah. about solo mode for the... The thing is, is, though, is that uh, I feel like some characters are just going to be... Like, I think half Too of good. the game Too good is solo. going to be Pathfinders. Yeah, because they, they, they're really good at moving. And... They, like, like imagine, like, you don't need a lifeline for solo mode, right? Yeah, there's no point. But fast healing is so powerful. Like, it gives you a big, like, fast healing is important. It's big. Maybe I was wrong. Caustic is very fun in solo. 
because the worst part about Caustic is how much he messes with your teammates. So he is very fun solo. Yeah, you could set up a... You don't even have to, like, confer with a teammate on, like, we're standing in this one spot and I'm going to light it up with gas canisters. You just yeah, do it. It's nice to be able to play at your own pace yeah, and just right. do what you want to do without worrying about other people. That's kind of cool. I, I, I do want to check that out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so give it a go. It's not the same. I think that Squads is Apex Legends, and that's just like the way that it should be. But this is a fun thing to do when other people aren't around. Yeah, I, I, if, I definitely don't like playing with other people that aren't if, my friends. If other people like if other people are online to play with, I'd much rather play with them then play solos but solos is still good it's great. okay um overwatch released a new character yes uh sigma 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 is a I, I feel like i've been liking overwatch i've been playing over actually like to go alongside the tekken thing uh i've also been playing overwatch again i feel like overwatch has like kind of hit another peak point where there's enough interesting characters where at least for the um like they solved the healing problem uh, where it was frustrating to play quick play or to play even ranked because you get you know shoved onto a lot of cases uh, a tank or a healer because people would just f infuriatingly auto pick or like rapidly pick into DPS yeah, and then play bad. Um, yeah. So with Baptiste and Moira, I feel like healers have hit the tipping point where there's a lot of interesting healers and tanks are sort of getting there. Maybe they are actually there at. Sigma, I played Sigma on the PTR. Sigma is a, um, like a StarCraft concept of tanking, where it's a lot of button presses really rapidly, like uh, actions per minute style of attacker. Uh, his left click, his, like, re his regular attack uh, doesn't go that far. He throws these balls, um, but you can bounce them off walls to get more distance. So it becomes like this, um, like understanding geometry kind of thing. Uh, he's like an insane person. His his aesthetic is that he is a uh, like uh, asylum patient that is so intelligent that he's like also di discovered like a like anti gravity suit and he like understands concepts of gravity that people can't uh, process. So yeah, this is left click. I think his right click is he holds like his hand out and he absorbs all projectiles that that turn into a shield so the more damage you do at you try to do at him while he's holding that the his hand out the more the stronger shield gets uh he also gets a thing where he is able to throw a shield outwards and then bring it back like a um arissa kind of like a smaller version of a reinhardt shield um and uh he also has a rock that he throws for some reason. Just a rock. Yeah, it's his E button is like a rock. I think that uh, as far as I can tell, his concept is like a um like when it, when you look at all the characters, you look at the uh the like what what do the what does the person want to play? What is the dream there? And I think the dream there is Magneto. Is like That's a tank fair. Magneto, like he throws rocks and like balls and like That's a totally reasonable like player fantasy yeah it's a player I mean, fantasy like, right i want to be magneto yeah i want to be magneto too so so the best i can get to is that sigma is a new tank in overwatch that is um designed after magneto and uh yeah i, I think overwatch is in a good spot uh they're making big changes to it to be like two 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 uh that's two dps two healers two tanks 
Yeah, I um, like that. And you're going to be able to queue up beforehand into those roles so that if you want to queue up as a DPS, you'll just get them. And if you want to queue up as tank or healer, you'll, you'll just get that. So And you you'll wait be, longer. You won't be frustrated. You won't be frustrated, right? Like, at the very least, you'll, you'll go into it knowing it. If you picked healer, like, I, want, I don't want to deal with a queue and I want to play healer, then you will get into a game and you will play healer and that is fine. I, I like that. Imagine if that's what people... If people were like, oh, I just don't get my healer. There's some crazy healers now. And then they come out with stuff like Baptiste. Baptiste is like a carry healer. But, uh, so yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Overwatch. That's in a good spot. And Sigma just came out. Um, I guess for like an, uh, another like rapid couple of minutes, or like a rapid minute, <laughs> is like I've been playing a couple different gotchas because that's what I do. Uh, Epic Seven is going through a major change because the company kind of had to go through a big apology um, and change a lot of things, and I think it's a big deal, and that game is pretty good, and they're doing a big summer event. Um, still probably my favorite. Fired? What? Did people get fired? No, they just apologized. Um, so I've been playing a couple different new things. I'm playing a loon. That's a big one. Uh, it's a, basically it's like if a standard gotcha, uh, didn't try and do anything majorly new, but tried to take every other good quality of life from every other gotcha and put it together. And they did, uh, that's a fantastic game. That's another game worth checking out. And then recently from a smaller developer, uh, I've been playing gate six and that is a weird ass gotcha that does a lot of things different. And the concept is that um, uh, in the future, whenever anyone dies, they go into a digital afterlife. Their their brain gets uploaded onto That's a server. Right. And uh, on the digital afterlife, there is like a um, limited amount of data pills. And if you don't eat data pills for a long enough time, then you get lost. So it's kind of like Coco, where these people are living in this weird ass dirt slum in a digital world after they're dead and if they don't eat um data pills then they get lost forever uh so Naturally. so yeah weird ass game lots of interesting weird things with that uh it has like some really cool stuff it has a um active pvp which is really cool because a lot of games don't do that where uh you're actively pvping against someone else and there's like it's a really cool pvp system and it's uh so like you're playing a turn-based strategy against another person that is playing actively like at the same time as you and there's a lot of cool stuff it like almost ends up being like a card game a little bit where they can see all the things you're capable of but you gotta gotta like um surprise them so it's really cool um i in board games uh i got vindication and all the expansions have you heard of vindication uh nope but i don't know that we have uh i am overdone on my time yeah, uh, Vindication is a really cool game, and you should check out what Tom Vassell said about it. It's a super beloved game, and I got like all the expansions for it. I want to play Bargain Quest. I want to play Bargain Quest too. So maybe I'll bring that and Vindication and like uh, this other game I was playing. That's a much shorter game, uh, Artemis Project, which is a dice worker placement. Yeah, it's too bad we couldn't do it today. Well, you were working, right? No, I messaged you that I had free time today. When did you message day. me? I messaged you on Facebook, and I said, I'm around all day. When did you say, hey, I'm free tomorrow, Bargain Quest, maybe? That was on Monday? Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I mean, like, we'll be off sometimes together soon, hopefully. 
Hopefully. Yeah. Those are video games and mobile games, and uh, they're different. But good. Thank you, Ryan. WTDGpodcast.com. That's on WTDG Podcast. What's the deal with games on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts? Thank you, James and Ryan Galloway for the use of your music. Not James, You're just welcome. Ryan Galloway. Uh, for the use of your music, uh, we use the International Revive off the new album, Beyond the Fitting Gales. It's old. Uh, and uh, you can find Crying at... Wow. I'm not... You... Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Crying, for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro revive off the new album, Beyond the Fleeting Gales. You can find them at the Run for Cover Bandcamp. It is an old album. It is an old band. And I think I still think you can find them at the Run for Cover Bandcamp. So um, I hope we I hope we get a chance to do more of them. I, I'm definitely trying to do podcasts more often. We just got busy and uh, my I'm getting married. I'm getting bought you're out. Get, you're you're getting married, you're getting bought out. Uh, I started working in what is right now, again in 2019, the highest murder rate area in New York, uh, the entire New York state. So uh, I've been very busy and have been seeing a lot of things that I don't want anyone else to see. And that has created a different problem in my life. Bye. Bye, Mason. Bye.